Hello and welcome to Law and Order S Review here on Fanversation. I am Yel Teagle. That's Taylor Gates. Today we we are talking about season six, episode nine, Doubt. Mind blowing episode. Cannot wait to discuss it. Um, before we jump in. A few reminders. Um, first and foremost, if you were assaulted and need help, please reach out to Rain. Their number is 1-800-656-4673. 1-800-656-4673. Friends, I said it without looking at it for, I think, the first time or maybe the second time ever. I'm very proud of myself. Um, for those who don't know, 4673 spells hope. Taylor, I got you. You sit Thanks. You sit tight. Um, I'm sick. Okay, if you couldn't notice from like the two octaves deeper of my voice right now, um, I'm I'm trying to take the weight off you. Yeah. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. You. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, what an episode to choose! That's a choice. Um, consider this your content warning. I'll tell you right now. Um, I had such a huge crush on Billy Campbell, and um, Shannon Sussman is my type so consider this your content warning because although this episode deals this episode deals with rape i will be discussing how hot these actors are it's all a game of pretend everybody yes um here's the quick cap for this episode an art professor's alleged rape accusation devolves into a confusing battle of he said she said okay before I ask you your opinion, Taylor, let me tell you, at season six, were you watching live? No. no. Okay. What year did this come out? Let's do the, the math. I don't want to do the math. No, I want to do the math. 2004? How old was I, yell? <laughs> Two? I don't know. I was, I was eight years old. I was years old, so no, I was not watching this live. Okay. Then, I was. Maybe should have called my parents and had a discussion. I was watching. What was I watching? Full House, probably. <laughs> Full House wasn't Full on House. in two thousand four. Not live, yeah. Just for fun. <laughs> I forget that that's a thing. That <laughs> I forget that like the shows I grew up with, people watched like on Nick at Night. Yeah, on Nick at Night. Um, the nanny. Oof. Anyway, anyway, when are we doing the podcast? I'll tell you this something that I literally considered doing during the pandemic. Um, I love the nanny. That's we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Are we doing a spinoff podcast about the nanny? (laughs) If you could give us um, titles for the name of that podcast, please do. Um, Oh, anyway. Let's let's I'm get back so for this. to doubt. Um, okay, so I watched this live. Doreen, who is live in the chat, says, "Yep, I'm old enough to see this live." Yes, Doreen, we watched this live. I remember, remember, the ending and being furious, absolutely livid, that you would end an episode with so much controversial uh, feelings polarizing emotions and be like whoops shrug for those listening on the audio podcast i will say i remember vividly watching this though not live obviously yeah watching it on one of the marathons and i was like okay so i started 
like rapidly Googling. I was like, doubt part two, doubt verdict. Like all, I was like, what, when does it come back? I was like, it's not the next episode. It must come back. And it never, ever did. And I, before the show is over in 30 more years, the finale better be fucking telling me what happened at the end of this episode. Like, I'm still not over it. I want nothing more than a throwaway line from, like, Benson being like, I mean, you remember Myra. That was, and then, like, telling us what happened. Because... Okay, so here's the thing. Every time I've seen this episode since the first time, <laughs> I've loved this episode. Yeah. Like when you when you get past that anger, <laughs> which to be fair, like I I think I loved the episode until the end, and then I was so mad I couldn't appreciate the rest of the Let's episode. Let's be so honest with ourselves though. Yeah. This episode would not be nearly as memorable without the end. Like it would be a good solid episode. Sure. It wouldn't be like that's that episode like it's gimmicky but it's really effective gimmick like as much as it pisses us off oh absolutely but upon rewatch every time that i've seen because i've seen this one so many times because yeah. i feel like every, every time, time i like, watch it tell me that in this <laughs> it feels almost like every time i watch it i go can i pick up on clues mm-hmm. so that i know what happened because that's the other thing that i find even more interesting is that even if we got a a conclusion, even if we got a guilty or not guilty verdict, we still will never know what actually happened. Yeah, very true. Um, I have to give some shout outs then. This episode was uh, written by uh, Marjorie David. Marjorie David, congratulations. Great episode. Um, Directed by um, Ted Kotcheff. I already gave some actor shoutouts. Billy Campbell played Ron Polikoff. Why do I have a crush on Billy Campbell? That I don't know. But I had such a big crush on Billy Campbell. I'm going to tell everyone the secret of mine. Such a big crush. There was a waiter at a Chevy's. Chili's? One of those. In my hometown, oh, wow. he looked like Chevy's or Chili's. I don't remember which one it was. Chevy's. It's a Tex-Mex restaurant. Okay, we have a Chili's where I'm from, but I've never heard of Chevy's. Okay, so... That's a car dealership, babe. Also, where I grew up, there was... I want to say it was a Chili's, but it could have been a Chevy's. Doesn't matter. Point is, there was a waiter, whose name I can't remember, who looked like Billy Campbell. And so my friends and I would go and flirt with this waiter who was a college student when I was in high school. Because he looked like Billy Campbell. Wow. I love that piece of lore that we got. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Also, Shannon Sussman, um, for those who cannot identify her, I'm assuming that you know her from um, A Knight's Tale. (laughs) That's my assumption. So you're like, oh, yeah, she's the girl from A Knight's Tale. But I believe she was awesome. She reminds me so much. This is so random. But she reminds me so much of um, the girl from Talk to Me, which is the new A24 movie. What's her name? Hold on. And then you can look her up and be like, oh, I think it's probably the hair, but also like the facial features. Her name is, um, what's her name? Sorry, I'm trying to Google it. Well, so- while you look, what is it? Sophie Wilde. She reminds me so much of Sophie Wilde. 
Sophie Wilde. I don't know, something about her vibes. Let's see this girl. If I duck out of frame, I'm blowing my nose, just so that everybody knows. I'm not like, what's she doing? I'm blowing my nose. <laughs> okay. Um, I totally see right. how you could say they look similar. Right. I'm also going to point out a, a big difference. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, their facial, like, they do, they, like. Yes, I see it. I see it. You can okay. be similar, not be the same race. I just, when you said you, she, that she reminds you of her, I thought, like, you mistook her for her, but you did I mistake her. Also, Sophie Wilde's, like, in her 20s, like, there's no right. way this character. I know That's, it wasn't her. Okay. She reminded me. And, and the acting, too. Like, their way of acting. If you would see, go see Talk to Me. Not to plug okay. it. Great movie, though. But it just, it's very similar vibes. Okay, fair. Um, so, I will say, um, for my generation, Shannon is better known for A Knight's Tale and probably 40 Days and 40 Nights um, because that was when Josh Hartnett was on his um, rise to teen heartthrobness. Um, but she also, I guess, has been doing more work recently. So people might know her from... Hold on, I got this. Something. Anyway, point is that's <laughs> Shannon Sussman. Um I feel like her career was also on a trajectory and then um, it didn't go where we thought it would. And that makes me sad because she's very talented. Uh, also killing it in this episode is a girl named Winter Coleman who played Jenny and a uh, Carolyn Miller who played Sophie. Um, also yeah. that complete unknown Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about Viola Davis in this episode. because she. Fucking kills it. She's yeah. so good. And then I get so mad during her closing argument. But she's so good. Um, she's so every time I see her now on SVU, because she did a few episodes as this character, all I can think is this is how she got uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Mm, because yeah. Donna Emmett crawled so that... Um, <laughs> Annalise Keating Annalise could run. Run. You're so right. Um, uh, thank you. I'm glad I got that phrase right. You did. You did. You're like very much hip with the kids. <laughs> Thanks. Just fucking phenomenal though. Like she's one of the greats. And we got blessed enough to see her on SVU. So um, she's incredible. And I am so glad that she is getting appreciated now for her talent and skill but like in a show look I, everyone knows i love svu i've literally referred to it in public many times as the greatest show of all time but her acting is just so much better than everyone else all the time yes <laughs> so funny i love it i love it that's the beauty of svu like it's such a melting pot of like <laughs> Soap opera stars and Luann, Countess Luann, and Viola, Countess Luann and Viola Davis were on the same show. Let's have that conversation. That conversation. Yeah, you're right. Um, That's so funny. I'm obsessed with that. Um, I just, I feel like what I think is even better about it and her performance specifically, not to stay on this too much longer, but like, She's obviously 
this is going to sound like a dig to everybody else, but she's just so much more talented than everyone else. Yeah. 100%. And yet, and yet it's not one of those things, you know, when you watch it and you're like, wow, this person is taking this so much more seriously than everyone else. They need to calm down. It's not that, which no. is so impressive as well. Um, that she like is able to shine, maybe outshine, but still not detract. So true. Yes. Um, which is such a skill set. Anyway, remind me again. How many Oscars? She has an Oscar. I think so. she. Sh- if she doesn't, that's fucking horrible. I believe she has at least one Oscar. Um, you're looking okay. it up. In the meantime, speaking of performances, I have to talk about one of my favorite things ever which is um so jeffrey carlson played justin the the boyfriend when he <laughs> throws the coffee cup and then spits into it okay and goes, yeah, here's is, your deal this is so funny that you say this because i have to say i was gonna save it for best lines but fuck it we'll do it now it's not even lines it's just action it's the movement it's the movement yes i have i literally in best lines i just have dumps cup hawks into it here's your dna sample however before yeah. Speaking of Viola Davis, the way that she grabs her purse, the way that she grabs her purse, I've recorded it. I'll actually play it for you right now on Please. my front phone because it's. Tell me. I missed this. Insane. Like, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to. Just the blue moment. Okay, let me try to. This is going <laughs> For those listening, you're missing out. Do you see oh, that? Yes. yes. Do you see the way she flings that purse obsessed obsessed like there's just so whoever directed this episode like a plus because the physical comedy in it ted kachev did such a good job man like because it was like a one-two hit like it was the purse and then it was the hawking into the club the way that he does, I don't know how to explain this, but like he throws the, the thing and then he brings it and spits and then juts it out again. It's just like so fluid. Um, I, yeah, I, I had to describe it because I was like, it's not the line is whatever. It's the movement. Yes, exactly. Okay, but I do have to say, if we're talking about directing choices, yeah, I'm not confident that this episode had a lighting budget. <laughs> because why... For the first 10 minutes when they were in the hospital, yes. looking like we were in a noir movie. Like, what was yes. that? And I, the funniest thing to me was I was like, okay, yeah, they're like doing the light test. <laughs> Maybe it's dark in there because they're like doing all these sure. light. And then Olivia goes, let me get the lights. <laughs> the lights are already off. Like, <laughs> do we not have lights in the hospital? So like, it's the gaffer grips did not show up that day um, look i have to say that. okay so for those who i guess are more more recent fans and have not watched old seasons the the terrible lighting was like a staple yeah it was, but this was like but no it, it was so extreme that i noticed okay so in the first scenes with the with the um rape kit and the suspect exam Literally in the suspect exam, there is one light source. So when Billy Campbell is standing there in his underwear, half of him is in shadow. And then when it turns, when the camera turns the other way and you see Stabler, it's the same. There's one light source. There's just a light pointing at the two of them. It's fucking ridiculous. 
how do you take an exam with no lighting, first of all? Um, and second of all, I think you're totally right. It was so funny when she goes, let me turn the lights off. Because, <laughs> so for those who haven't uh, looked at the thumbnail for this video or podcast, I have to tell you, I literally lightened it so that we could see the picture. It literally looks like they're in like a 1940s detective movie. Like it's ridiculous. It's I think it was obviously purposeful and hilarious, especially <laughs> now. I laughed so hard. I was like, what the hell? Is, this is egregious. Like it's so funny. Um Oh man, you and I are uh, definitely, definitely feeling the same things this episode. Yeah. Um, I'll also point out some things. When Stabler took, takes her home, I remember upon first viewing, second viewing, many of viewings, you see his hands and it definitely looks like he's holding her up. Upon this viewing, he absolutely gropes her with both hands. And I was like, there had to be like a choice to like make sure you saw that it happened. And I didn't notice it until this time. Yeah, I didn't notice. Right, because the framing has his hands basically out of frame. But if you watch it, the first the first moment, he has both hands. And then it like adjusts and it looks like it was an accidental. Yeah. Um, anyway, hilarious. Uh what else did I want to talk about? <laughs> I don't remember if this I wanted as a quote or if I wanted this as my shower thoughts. So I'm just going to hold it for shower thoughts. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the 16-year-old daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taylor, go ahead. I mean, it's just very funny how they misled the audience like, the, like they did. It's like, uh-oh. Like, that's the daughter. I'm like... Okay, because, like, the fact she's wearing that robe, like, it's just so funny how, obviously, they tried to, like, trip us up. And then, of I, course, she's, like, you know, kind of in on all the whatever. I don't know. It's funny. It's I absolutely crazy. love, love when they go, how old are you? And he's, like, 16. And they're, like, the fuck? I love that. Um, but I agree with you. I think that I don't know. I the robe really threw me. One, teach your sixteen-year-old daughter not to answer the door in a fucking silk kimono. Right. Maybe. Also, like who lounges in that? Like, give me a break. A sixteen-year-old too. She's in yoga pants and an oversized crew neck. Or, or if she does have a robe, it is a fluffy, soft a, robe. Yeah, a sixteen-year-old is not wearing that. A silk kimono. Like with her at her dad's house for Fonzie. Like, there's just no way. I guess she has to dress up for the uh, for the Wednesdays and every other weekend. <laughs> I just have, like, I had to note that because of Sabre being like, ah, ah, that broke my heart. Shut up, shut up. I doing this one right after last week, where he's like so sympathetic to the teacher's husband, like. He was so goddamn annoying, like, in these early seasons. And, like, watching the back-to-back is just, like, so evident of that. Um, It's so funny because they're seasons apart, but also... But, like, um, whatever. It's 1 through 12, is what I'm saying. Like, early years. 
self-conscious. Um, I want to ask about because you you're more in touch with the EO shippers and. Yeah. I remember, because again, I watched this when it was airing. So I remember um, the like chronologicalness of um, Stabler's uh, separation, attempted divorce, their reconciliation, Eli being consummated and then uh, born and all of that. Like, I remember that story. The most chaotic manner possible, yes. Yes. So this episode i like remember where it sits but now upon viewing season 24 where um they they are literally doing all this shit to convince you that this ship could happen and they're teasing and whatever i'm like oh is that what this is is that what the fuck's happening here yes yes like they've been baiting for so long watch the fan videos quotes from this one are always in it really yeah he's talking about leaving it he's talking about how kathy left him also like deep deep cut that probably no one is gonna know what the hell i'm talking about but there were these i don't even know if they're still on youtube like when i first got into the shows when i watched them there were these really funny videos that people would make and they would just have clips and they would bleep out random words so it sounded like they were saying like sure <laughs> i can't watch one of the scenes from this without thinking of it because i used to watch those all the time because it's like when ellie is walking away and ellie was like will you talk to me and so they bleeped out talk to me it's just like will you me? <laughs> it's such a funny clip i'll see if i can find enough to do that or something but Please. I literally can't watch this episode. And there are so many clips like that because I thought they were so funny that whenever I see them for real, I always just think about the bleeped out word. Um, I, I, the only one of those that I like remember and love is the count from Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, and I can't not hear so, that. So, so I get it. I totally get it. Um, Okay, so first off, I want to point out, just because I want it on the record, um, Donnelly was bureau chief. I have forgotten her story arc um, and, like, how she began with our team to being a judge. And I would be fascinated uh, to do that at some point, is to follow that story. But perhaps after we do our next one. Um, also, I want to talk about the email threats, which were, in my, in my mind, a stupid detour, but did get one of the most fascinating moments, um, which is when, uh, Myra's lawyer suggests that it was a men's group. And I guess I didn't realize that, like, men's rights activists were such a, like, in my mind, that's a modern yeah. incel thing, but totally. apparently not. Um, and later, when Viola Davis <laughs> and Ron Polikoff suggest that he is the victim on the stand, I went, oh, fuck, I forgot that that's a thing. Yeah, I feel you. That was interesting to me, too, because you do. You you think of that being like much more present day like with the internet and stuff, but... 
always existed and had their ways. Um, yeah. I remember, like, I watching it when she's like, it must have been the men's rights. So I was like, why? Yeah. And and then when he's like, I'm the victim, I went, that's why. I see, I see. Um, all right, here's, let's talk about Myra's suicide, air quotes on the word suicide. Yeah. Uh, attempt. I remember, I think, I feel like every time I watch this, I'm like, this manipulative bitch. But this time when she's sobbing and crying, I was like, maybe not. Yeah. Where do you stand? I think that she's very mentally unwell, but I don't think that she's like a liar, if that makes sense. Mm. I think that she's got stuff and I think that her trauma like definitely probably like has her have triggers that are probably like she needs to work through because they probably weren't actually like she's not coping and dealing with things in the right way. But I don't see her as like a malicious liar. Like, I believe her personally, but I just think that, like, she can't work out a lot of reality in her head because of, like, what's happened to her and her mental health state is, like, where I stand on her as character. Do you, I mean, the big question, what do you think happened? It's so hard. I, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like he hurt her. Maybe it wasn't, like, exactly how she's talking about it, but there's just, like, you have to be an insanely good actress to, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's obviously so disturbed. I just, I don't know. I think she's got issues to work through, but I do think that he hurt her. And also, if she's that in that much of, like, a vulnerable state, like, in terms of mental health, like, it's very easy to take advantage of a person like that. Totally. Um, I think one of the things at the end of the episode, during closing arguments, um, Novak says, why would she put herself through such hell if she wasn't telling the truth? And I think that that is a really important question. And it's something that, like, when allegations come out in the real world, when we hear stories um it's one of those things that I think of every time that no victim comes forward and is like, this was easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. not only incredibly hard as a person for yourself, but when you come forward publicly or when you come forward to the police or whatever, the whole situation fucking sucks on top of what happened to you. Everything you go through at that point fucking sucks. And so to to put yourself through that there has to have been a reason if that makes sense yeah um like the harassment that people receive when they publicly say something on the internet for example when they go up against a, a celebrity or or someone wealthy the they are actively choosing to battle hell because yeah. something happened and so i always think about that um, and it's one of the reasons I definitely believe victims and I believe women. And I think that in this situation with this episode, over the years, I've gone back and forth into, as to what I believe. I think every time I watch it, I change my mind. I have no idea, yeah. um, which is, again, a testament to such great writing. Um, but 
but I believe victims. And I think that the moment where Myra is walking out of the courtroom and they like look at each other, this time I noticed it so much. And in my mind, it was like, he absolutely did something. Um, and maybe it is the way that Benson said at the beginning during the exam that like, she was like, I, I kissed him. And then she says, but you said no, that like, maybe that was, maybe it was that, which is we, as we know, you have a right to change your mind at any time. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alexa in the chat says one of my faves, it's all shadows, um, both cast doubts on their story. And I never know who to believe. Absolutely. Um, this episode yeah, it's very interesting. It's really well constructed. Mm -hmm. um, well, um, I wanted to end on something positive, and now I can't remember what the fuck it was that I wanted to end on. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry, didn't mean to shout. Um, when when Rod's on the stand, and his lawyer says, "Search your soul. Do you uh, regret anything?" or did you do anything that night that you regret? And I <laughs> was like, yeah, he regrets fucking all of it. Like he regrets literally all of it. Yeah. He doesn't have to search his soul. I know. He regrets calling her, opening the door. Very much just like on in. the top of his soul. No searching required. The whole thing. The whole Accepting her uh, to be his advisor. Like he regrets... Teaching yeah. at that school. I'm sure he regrets fucking all of it. Being born, actually. Yeah. yeah. Get, being an artist. Yeah. Speaking of art, I don't want to shit on art, but I do want to shit on her construction paper with yeah. the wings. I think that's like the funniest thing, too, because you can tell that the director was like, okay, just like hang up. And the actor was like, okay. And she's just like trying to find a piece to place it, but it's like, it's shape on the tape. wall. And like, it looked like, I want to believe that it was like the beginning of a thing. Like she was just putting it in place so that later she no. could whatever. Because otherwise, shush, shush, shush. It looks like. <laughs> I think that was the whole thing. Elementary school bulletin board. Like it's literally, you can see the tape. Like it's not. I know. It's bad. It's, yeah, it was bad. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. 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 <clears throat> Shall we move on to best lines? Yeah, I only have a couple. This wasn't like a funny episode. Really. Um, I have two. Uh, so I'm gonna go first because I think we yeah. have different ones. So one is not like my teacher. Teacher, I'm a graduate student. Yeah, because st still your teacher. I like still your teacher though. Right, still still an authority figure. Um. So hilarious. Not my teacher teacher. Um, and then when he says, I haven't dated anyone under 21 since I was that age myself. Think about the words you said. <laughs> when you were 21, you haven't dated anyone under 21. So only people between 18 and 21? Or 18, 19, 20? Because it sounds like you're saying, I haven't touched a teenager <laughs> Since I was barely legal myself. 
I mean, the wording was bad. I got his point, but... I also got his point, but when you think about it... It's like, mm, yeah. But also, the Jenny is 25. Yeah. Not that big of a difference. No. All right, hit no. me with your lines. Well, I mean, speaking of, like, the 25-year-olds, like, I love that we had, like, sort of evil roommate, I have to say. Like, you know I love the evilish roommate. Yes. She's kind of a bitch, but go off. Her art wasn't good either. She was just fucking painting. Okay. She um, made the sculpture. When you when they go to the table, <laughs> there was a like a um, model of the sculpture. And so just the middle part needed to be painted blue. <laughs> Sorry. Just something I noticed. He tries to do art personally. It cracks me up. <laughs> um, the one line I found extremely relatable <laughs> is when she's on the... Um, Gurney getting into the ambulance and she's so worried about her portfolio and she goes oh, you must think I'm such a loser like this is how I would be reacting I feel in this situation I'd be so worried about my stupid portfolio and then I'd be like that's so dumb why are you worried about that but like I really just like could relate to her in that moment um I get it like a bird hits your windshield I thought was so poetic um that line that whole the whole part the the windshield swerve off the road like really great writing right there um her grandmother miraculously came back to life great. <laughs> to bail her out yeah so good can you tell me when you last had sex with myra sure if you tell me the last time you got laid and then finally speaking of so like ballsy male threats first of all it looked hilarious on the screen it looked like a straight up word document like <laughs> set to like 48 font Poor liar, I hope you die, bitch. Like, not creative at all. Like, just, just like, come on. Like, if you're going to be threatening, like, make it a little fun and spicy. Like, the other ones that we've, like, had. Just poor liar, I hope you die, bitch. Boring. No effort was put into that one at all. I agree. Not even a fun font, not even different colors. No emojis. Yeah, like, yeah, lazy. Lazy threats. Those are my quotes. Amazing. Um, I agree. This episode wasn't full of like fun lines, but it was a good episode. Yeah, agreed. Um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, there are no new reviews on iTunes, which is a bummer. So please go ahead and um, I'll, I'll say this. If you would like to go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating because you like us, and then let us know what we should call our The Nanny podcast. Yes. Please do that in the comments there. Um, I mean, you could also do it on YouTube. That's fine. But we do like iTunes rating and reviews. And if you write them, we'll read them on the air. <clears throat> um, also, for our friends who listen in the shower, um, here are my shower thoughts. So during this episode, we have this moment where we learn that Jenny, her roommate, says that they're not friends. They're just roommates. And it reminds me that I've literally told everyone I know that you never live with friends. That like your roommate should not be your friend. I know that face you're making. Give me a second. <laughs> I've always said it is incredibly dangerous to live with a friend. It usually ruins friendships. Now, the face that Taylor is making and those who have listened to this podcast before are probably going, yell. <laughs> you're like best friends with your roommate. And you were friends before you lived together. So what the fuck are you talking about? Well, let me tell you. 
the only way that it works, and it's why it works very well for me and my roommate, is we are incredibly upfront and forward with any issues. And we know that they're not personal attacks. For example, if I leave dishes in the sink for a week, my roommate can go wash your fucking dishes. And I know it's not a personal attack and he didn't have to be passive aggressive about it. He just tells me. And that's the only way that it works is to separate emotion from roommateness. That said, I do stand by my belief that you should not live with friends because it usually ruins friendships. Here's the thing. Please. This isn't even a shower thought. This is just a tangent. Go so, ahead. Shower thoughts. I agree with you. <laughs> You're this way on the screen. Yeah. I agree. So it's like, why marriage? <laughs> you know, Excellent question. You like this person, don't live with them. Okay. So continuing our shower thoughts. <laughs> um, just like I completely re- shitting on, just shitting on me. <laughs> No, (laughs) no, look, there, according to TikTok, there's a a whole new wave of people who are in long-term committed relationships, some even married, that live apart. Either they have separate rooms in their home or they live in different homes. They have two different places to preserve the relationship. And the truth is, the, the ideals and and I and like beliefs that we have in marriage coming from two very unmarried single people. But all of that shit is so outdated. And that I was literally thinking about this the other day, not in the shower, but I was thinking about this the other day that um, back in the day, I don't know when, but back in the day, this idea that you would go on a date with one person was considered incredibly inappropriate. You and one person was unacceptable because it was uh, obvious that you were being inappropriate and and you'd have to have a chaperone or you'd go on group dates. And now the idea that you would go on a date and there would be other people is weird. Um, But also like the concept of marriage and the way that people, I'm going to call out traditional people who believe that marriage should be a man and a woman for the purpose of having a child and that this whole thing is a a religious thing. Marriage originally was this concept of, of merging wealth and alliances. And so it was a business arrangement before it became a church arrangement. And now, anyway, my point being, you're right, Taylor, don't live with your partner. There's no fucking point. I mean, unless you have to raise an offspring, then I get why living together. Yeah. Somebody's got to deal with it. But like, also, we got listen, way off tangent. If you like it, if that works for you, love that. Wouldn't work for me. Mm. And I feel, hot take, a lot of people would choose to not if they didn't mm-hmm. have societal pressure and their relationships would probably be healthier for it. Like, you should do it if you want. But if you don't want, you should not go forced to. And that's shower thoughts, bitch. That, those have been our shower thoughts today. Um, all right. Should we move on to what we learned? Because I have something. Mm-hmm. I'm so ready for what did we learn this episode. Okay. This is something I learned about myself, friends. Um, I'm so proud. Uh, so when Benson and Stabler are having their argument up in the, the loft area in the station, 
I then started remembering episodes where they use that loft area and like where we've seen it before. And it made me realize how much I personally miss that fucking second level in the station and that we don't have it at all in our new house. And like, we never, we haven't seen it in years and it bums me out. That's so fair. That's what I learned this episode. I like that. Thank you. Um, what did I learn? I think I learned that the lighting budget has only gotten better for us. <laughs> which is this is so why they fire cool. the cast. Yeah, they cut back on actors for lighting, yeah, so we could have, so we could see the screen. Yeah, thank you for that. Oh, that's good. That was a good lesson. <laughs> Um, oh man, I freaking loved discussing this episode. Uh, for those who haven't yet um, noticed, we have announced the next round of episodes we're doing. Um, we are off next week, um, but let me read to you the plan. On September 24th, we will return with season three, episode 23, Silence, which is the first introduction of Sister Peg because we are doing Sister Peg episodes. Uh, we're doing three of them. Uh, after that, pegged. what? Hashtag get pegged. <laughs> okay. That's not what that means. Uh, yes, it is now. No. I can't believe you're the one acting like so like no you're Look, <laughs> I, am, like <laughs> I am pro pegging that's not what this means yes it is get pegged anyway pig timber October, that's right that's right alexa pig timber thank you sorry <laughs> for coining that for us <laughs> september 24th silence october 1st season four episode one chameleon october 8th uh, season six, episode 18, Pure. Um, I will say somebody posted a picture of Martin Short yesterday. Um, <laughs> Martin Short is in the episode Pure. Um, he's also on Only Murders in the Building, for those who don't know who Martin Short is, which is blasphemy, but whatever. Well, he um, was trending this week. Did you see? He was what? Trending. Yes. I panicked and thought he died. No, someone just wrote like a nasty opinion piece about him and the internet rallied. Okay, so I panicked and thought yeah. he died. And I was like, oh, fuck. If he died, we'd have to move up the episode. But more importantly, thank God he's not dead. He's just cool. <laughs> he's a Canadian treasure. Anyway, I panicked. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, people in the chat. Doreen says, yes, the loft. That you see lunch up there. That's true. God, I miss that loft. Um, Doreen says, love this, Sister Peg. It was Alexa's idea for Peg Timber. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did I say Martin Short? Yes, Martin Short. Did I say something else? No, you said Martin Short. Okay. I think she likes Martin Short. Okay. I got nervous. <laughs> sometimes I'll think of an, sometimes I'll think of somebody and I'll say a different name completely. And I'll be like, 20 minutes later, be like, I didn't say the name. Anyway. So that's the schedule. As a reminder, we are off next week. Um, we'll be back on the 24th of September to begin Pectember, which goes into. Wait, um, isn't that the Earth, Wind, and Fire song? Do you remember? Yeah. The first night, 24th night. Which one right. is it? Is it the 24th? 
night of September? Earth, wind, That's fire. We're doing it on the Earth, wind, and fire day. 21st. Ah, oh, sad. Whatever. Sorry, friends. It's almost as good as when we did it season nine, episode three on September 3rd. That's sick. We didn't plan that. Nope. All right. Um, until the 24th of September, when we uh, begin... <laughs> Our sister pegging adventure. Um, <laughs> Taylor, if yeah. people want to wish you uh, to get well soon, where can they do it on the internet? You can do it on Twitter slash X. <laughs> I think the X just makes me laugh because I will never actually call it that. Right. Um, I'm there at alpha underscore and. I'm also on yeah. Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. Um, amazing. I am Yell Teagle. I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y A E L T Y G I E L. Um, I think I'm going to add a wiggle to that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you would like to see me do other shows, not The Nanny, but other podcasts, not yet. Um, <laughs> not yet, you can check out the official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast, After the Arc and Paradise Found, the official Almost Paradise After Show. All three of those are available on Electric Now. Um, there are still more episodes of Almost Paradise coming out, or Almost Paradise After Show coming out. The entire second season of the show is out. We'll see you September 24th. Bye, everybody.